Pass, pass, pass. Pass the poutine. This is the poutine. Fries, cheese curds, and chicken gravy. This is the poutine. Hi everyone, it is your host Nina from Pass the Poutine Podcast. We have Carl with us today. Carl, welcome to the podcast. Hi everyone, thanks so much for having me. <laughs> Carl, thank you for, for coming on. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm more excited. <laughs> Please like tell me everything. But first let's start off with like what growing up was like for you because you weren't born in Canada. No, so I was born in Taiwan. Uh, I moved to Canada, specifically Delta, in 2004 when I was 10. Uh, Yeah, it's really interesting because, you know, jumping right into it, like, growing up here, obviously, like, in Delta, we're famous for... Like, white white people? Horses, blueberries, and white people. (laughs) Okay, we're That's what we're known for, right? I like two of those things. I'm not going to say which two. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. But, you know, obviously, like, growing up in a rather white place like Mm -hmm. you know always feeling out of place but you know when I go back to Taiwan I'm like I I speak fluent Mandarin but Mm -hmm. with an accent so people are like you don't belong here either so I'm just like where do I really belong right the typical Asian Canadian struggle exactly so like how why why did your parents decide to move to Vancouver when you were 10 so my dad actually grew up here in Vancouver he came when he was really young with his whole family and then, you know, after he, after he graduated school, he moved back to Taiwan, uh, was working, had his own company, married my mom, and then they he, were... Lo- he married your mom in... In, in Taiwan. Oh, in Taiwan. Okay, okay. Yes. And then they were like, oh, like, the education system here, it's, like, very restrictive, it's very suffocating, like, we want a better future Asians. for our children. So very, you know, yeah. like, the very typical story. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> my dad already had, like, you know, he was he grew up here, so he had a lot of connections here, he had a root here, so we moved here. I think your dad's story is actually so interesting because you don't meet a lot of, like, Asians, like, in the other generation that right. grew up in Vancouver. Right, but this is about me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Where's your dad? Let's get your dad on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, so when people are like, what generation are you? I'm like, t- first, I guess, but also, like, 1.5. Right. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. yeah. What would you? Yeah. I tell people 1.5 just because, you know, mm. I want them to ask me questions because I love talking about myself. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, my gosh. So what kind of like, so when you first moved to Canada, did you speak English? I did, actually. So uh, the preschool and grade one and two and kindergarten, I actually went to international school. So you're fancy. I know. I'm one of those people. And then grade three and grade four, I went to a regular Chinese school. And obviously, Mm. I was made fun of because I was like, I don't know how to write Chinese. I don't know how to read anything. They thought I was special needs, so I was put in a special needs <laughs> class for a bit. They're like, this kid doesn't know anything. <laughs> but, oh you know, I, I think that's also why, like, I don't have an accent, really, right? You don't. No, no, not at all. Yeah, because, like, having that fundamental from when you're really young, like, mm-hmm. speaking that, like, it just eliminates all of that. Yeah, the Asian parents who pay for, like, the international <laughs> school fees in Asia, like, it's a lot of money, but it does pay off. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So... Um, you were telling me earlier about how you were a queer Asian. Yes. When did you know, like, when did you start thinking about your sexuality? Was it in Taiwan? Was it here? It was, oh, that's really, okay, so let me start with, yeah. like, how I identify. I identify as non, non-binary male adjacent queer 
person of color. I'm learning a lot of terms right now. Please educate <laughs> we'll me. We'll go through that later. <laughs> but, you know, I started off, like, coming out just, like, as a cisgender gay person. Like, when I was in... It was funny. Can I talk about masturbation you on this talk, podcast? You okay. can talk about anything you want. I'm here for you. I'm here for it. Okay. When I was in, like, grade 11 or 12 or whatever, you know, I was looking at pictures of, like, pretty big boobied girls and whatever and then I'll say this is what I'm supposed to do that's something a straight guy would say pretty big boobied girl (laughs) and then you know on those websites eventually there's like a male section so Mm -hmm. I looked at that and then I was like you know masturbating and whatever and then I was like this is what normal people do right you appreciate the male body yeah because I think the reason is I was brought up very Christian my great-grandfather was a pastor so like my entire family's like Christian as when you say really Christian you mean yeah really Christian oh my god yeah so the it's really interesting because the idea the possibility of like being gay like it didn't hit me even after I came while looking at hot guys (laughs) Right? I was like, this is just some, you know. <laughs> yeah, so it was after that, right? And then uh, I went to university, and then I was like, wait, something's different about me. I don't. Wait, so, so you still, like, after you were, like, looking up, like, sexy photos of men yeah. and stuff, you still, like, it didn't occur to you that you no. were not straight. Oh, absolutely not. Oh, my God. I was like, I'm a straight guy that masturbates to men. <laughs> right? Love it. Love it. Yeah, yeah. So, and then I went to university. That's when that's when I left Delta, where there's like you know, it, it, there was less white people in university. Yeah, that's true. That's where all the Asians like hang out. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I I was like exposed to new people and like new things, and then I was like, huh. So it is possible to be gay and Christian, right? So like, I was oh like, gosh. that's so interesting. I'm not Christian anymore. Just putting that <laughs> out there. But you know, during that time, I was like. I, so, you know, it, I think it was second semester of first year after class. I went up to a girlfriend in my class and then I was like, hey, can we talk after class? I really need to tell you something. She's like, OK. We went out to the parking lot. I was like, I think I'm gay. And then she was like, I know. I was like, why didn't you tell me? But yeah, so that was when I really started exploring like sexuality and identity and that kind of stuff. Oh my god! So this all all of this happened like in university. That's like yeah. quite late. I feel that's like. quite. I didn't hit puberty until I was grade eleven. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, oversharing. But it, you know, like relative. I hear stories like my friends are like, yeah, like a girl sucked my dick in grade three or some, something no, like that. No, I've it's, never heard that. What grade really, three? Guys share a lot with each other. Is that real? Because, like, okay, I've also heard of guys, like, saying they've slept with girls that I know they've never slept with. Like, I feel like guys right. lie a lot. I, I... Haven't you had your dick sucked when you're in grade three? I was... Cause what? Because... I, I didn't know what masturbating was until, like, you know, like, grade 10, grade 11. But, yeah, they, you know what? They could be lying. Who knows? Mm-hmm. That makes me feel a little better. Yeah. <laughs> right? I've had male friends, like, come out to me as well. Mm-hmm. And, like, where they're like, hey, Nina, like, I want to tell you something. And I was mm-hmm. like, sure. And they're like, and I know they're gay. But, like, I find, like, with yeah. gay guys, they always come out to me as, like, bisexual first. Have, right. Have, have you had that, like, have you, do you, is that a thing? Oh, I for, for me personally? Or, or like your friends or anything like that? Um, 
yes yes and no because one thing we want to be very careful is of like not having any buy erasure right like oh okay yes right because like a lot of people are like oh no you're actually gay but you're just like transitioning Mm. through like bi that is the case for some people they Mm -hmm. don't feel safe right they want to be seen as like still being able to sleep women sleep with women and all that kind of stuff but like you know bi people do exist right Right, like when we look in the media and whatnot we see like either people are straight or like mm-hmm. gay, exactly. right? Like exactly, you're one and, of the two. And people seem to forget that bisexual people exist. <laughs> They're real. They yeah. exist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Like so, when you kind of knew you weren't straight, did you did you come out to your family? Oh, honey, no, no. Uh, <laughs> my 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 parents my parents are uh, again religious and very mm-hmm. traditional Chinese mm-hmm. and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So. Um, how my dad found out was he, I, I didn't come out to him, but he asked me. What? Yeah. And he was very careful. He was like, Hey, no offense, but do you have any homosexual tendencies? What? And you know, like in that moment, my, my brain, I just didn't know what to do. I, I eventually told him that I do, but you know, my, my thought process was I can tell him no. Right. Mm -hmm. And he'd be really happy. Like, oh, my Mm -hmm. son's like straight and all that kind of stuff. But, like, I'm just thinking about the disappointment that he'll have later when I do come out to him, right? I don't want to, like, raise him up and then just to drop him down even harder. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, so, you know, so I I said yes, and then, you know, there was discussion surrounding that. I'm not, I wasn't allowed to date until I was 25, because, you know, (laughs) you never know, I could be straight again. (laughs) But, yeah, sorry, Dad, that didn't happen. Wait, so, so, so I guess, in, so when you said yes to that, how, how did he react? He, he reacted surprisingly well, you know, mm-hmm. I thought, you know, Asian dads, like, have tempers and whatnot. Totally. I, I, I thought it was going to be, like, an explosive moment and whatnot, but I think, you know, he tried to control his temper, and he's like... But you could see that he was a little bit... It obviously bothered. Oh, okay, Yeah, okay. yeah, but... Yeah, I, I, it was a really awkward conversation. I tried to block a lot of it out. I don't remember too much, but I know it happened. But, you know, good news. There was a Taiwan, Taiwanese uh, vote that happened a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. About, Legalization. Like, yeah, and my, yeah, and my dad went back. Like, he always goes back to vote and whatnot because he's one of those people. And <laughs> I was like, mm, there he goes. Um, but after he came back, he came up to me and he told me that he voted for gay marriage. <gasps> No way. Yeah, so that was like a really touching moment for me. I don't like. Is that his like I love you? <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about <laughs> I think that. That's his I love you. <gasps> Maybe, but Asian parents never say I love you. They do it like in different weird ways. But he still wants me to, you know, get with the girl. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think like because I know I know a lot of people say this, but like when I was when I was growing up, when I was thinking about all of this, I was like, he's there's no way my parents would ever accept me like eventually i'm gonna have to like cut them off and like live on an island like whatever yeah but you know like this is the first time where i had seen him soften up a little bit and like change his Mm -hmm. perspective you know so that was that was really big for me oh my gosh i know like um because i know that your background is Taiwanese and then when I think like Taiwanese I'm always like Taiwanese are like the most progressive Asians right. yeah so it's it's interesting because I feel like that's kind of true in this sense because you didn't really come out to your dad he yeah. instead like reached out to you right which was I, I don't think like a 
like a typical Asian dad. No, I think he was just trying to confirm his suspicions. <laughs> but also, like, to me, it, it was always strange to me how strict he was because, as I mentioned earlier, he did grow up in Vancouver. So he had, like, a Western, like, upbringing and education where, you know, you know how, how white parents are always, like, like, they just leave their kids and, like, open the front door and they're just like, mm, I w- <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I wonder if he's going to come home tonight or whatever, <laughs> right? So, you know, for me, it, it was very much that. I was like, I, I figured he would be a bit more progressive. But growing up, it was less of that. But this was when that situation happened. It was quite a moment for me. Oh, my gosh. So, so how, how did your mom take it? And uh she's still in denial um it, oh my God. It, it it's really it, it was at first it was upsetting but like now it's gotten to the point where it's funny because whenever she sees a photo of me with a girl or whatever she's like oh is is that your girlfriend is that who you're oh dating or i'm like mom i like cock right like you, <laughs> <laughs> you th- th- there was one moment that was especially hurtful for me um was there was this one night I was sleeping in my room and I wake up frequently during the nights and whatnot and we have uh, we leave the lights on in the hallway I wake up around 3 a.m look at my door and like at the bottom of the door where there's like that like thing that of, little like s- breezeway right that little like thing of light mm-hmm. I see like a shadow there I was oh, like so scary. what the fuck <laughs> so I, I I slowly stood up I opened the door and I see my mom standing just like right outside my door and then I was like, Mom, what are you doing? And she said, oh, I'm praying to Jesus that you'll be a normal person. Shut up. Yeah. Oh, my God. How did you re- What did? How did you respond to that? Well, it was 3 a.m., so I was like, okay, I'm going to go to sleep. So I shut the door. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like that, that moment stuck with me for a very long time. And, right. you know, so, so that's when a lot of trust is, uh, was lost. Right. Mm. And that was compounded by the fact that earlier, uh, quite a few years before that, I came out to my parents and told them that I was self-harming. Uh, mental oh. health was just like not at its peak. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I thought I might need help. So I reached out to them and you re- you you were suffering with mental health issues and you reached out to your parents right i would never you're so, so you're, dang okay okay yeah it it didn't it didn't go well um <laughs> shocker <laughs> so you, you know like to me that was like when i lost a lot of trust towards parents like also why i don't trust authority right now mm-hmm. I've never trusted call, authority. Yeah, yeah right. Just here to fuck with us. <laughs> but yeah, so so like you know like the, these past like few years like we've been like trying to rebuild our relationship and all that kind of stuff. But like I think there's still parts of it where like that trust can never be regained when I needed them the most. They mm-hmm. weren't there for me. Wow, that's man. Like I, gosh, that's a that's a lot to think about because like. That there's so many there's so many because even like as like a straight asian person like in canada you have to deal with like oh i'm asian and white people right. don't like me and as asian parents and they make me do everything but then being like a queer asian you have on top of that like your sexuality becomes an issue so so it's it, it's 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 really interesting because that's where the intersecting identity comes in right mm-hmm. so i just tell people being queer asian you know like you face racism in the queer community. I wanted to ask about And you that. face homophobia in the Asian community. Oh, the Asian community. Right. So it's like, 
again, this goes back to like, th- this is parallel to the feeling that I felt like I didn't know if I belonged in like Canada or Taiwan. Mm-hmm. And then now I'm like, in the queer community <laughs> and in the Asian community, I face certain types of discrimination, right? So it, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Like where, like where, do, how do you feel about your identity now? Because there's, there's so many intersects, right? And it's, right. it's so many things conflict and it's like you're you really like where's your home (laughs) (laughs) i think one of the most fucked up can i swear you can totally (laughs) swear no one listens to this (laughs) i i think one of the most fucked up truths that over the years that i've really you know come to accept is that finding out who you are and your identity it's a journey with no end you're, it's never going to end. You're going to keep questioning. You're going to keep wondering. Like, I'm I'm fully confident with who I am right now, mm-hmm. 100%. But, you know, like, I'm like, there, there's more, there's got to be more to it, yeah. right? Like, how we label things and how we, like, perceive things and the stigma that's surrounded with, like, certain labels and all that kind of stuff, that's never going to go away. You have to keep learning how to face those and also keep yourself, like, informed, right? Right. Oh my gosh. Oh no, you're like you're so beautiful and you're so fun. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so you're telling me you did some LGBTQ like advocacy. So yeah. what um like encouraged you to to participate in that and like how old were you at the time and stuff like that? Let let me tell you about what I studied at school totally. first. <laughs> so I originally went to uh SFU School of Business, mm. and I dropped out with the glorious GP of 1.1. <laughs> and I was like, this isn't the place for me. So I took a few years off, just like traveling a bit, like working a lot and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And then I did a, I, I looked at different programs because I went into business. I was like, process of elimination. I can't do math. I can't do science or whatever. <laughs> business? Mm, okay, sure. So that's how I, but I, I'm still interested in it, but SFU just wasn't the place for me. So I did, I decided to do marketing at BCIT. Mm-hmm. And the reason I did marketing is, what is marketing? It's the mass dissemination of information, basically, right? Okay. And we, I, growing up, I think I, I see so much, I'm a very, like, observant person, mm-hmm. and Unfortunately, what I observed is the inequalities in the world. Oh, my God. Yes. And I really I really want to make, like, just the world a better place. And I decided that in order to change people's behavior, you have to change their perception. Yes. And in order to change their perception, you have to change h- how and what information gets out. Mm-hmm. And that's what marketing is. Mm-hmm. You're putting things out there for people to receive. Right. Right. So... You know, that was my whole goal. That was my whole mission. So that's why, you know, being part of the community, I decided to do a lot of work for them. Uh, my my involvement, it really, it just came from, like, whatever opportunities I can get. I studied a lot. I read a lot. I'm not a very academic person, but mm-hmm. I forced myself to read and talk to people a lot to really understand all the intricacies that goes into this. Like, for example... Uh, women like I'm not gonna know what kind of discriminations that women face I can learn about it but I can never understand it but in order to get to as close as possible you you talk to those people you hear their experiences Mm. and you know like you don't just read some study about it you need to hear exactly what real people go through exactly so just doing just doing a lot of that kind of stuff you know like I part of the pride committee at school Mm -hmm. 
um, I I did a lot of uh, youth education and you know like they give you a set curriculum but I'm always like <laughs> let me just like insert a bit of myself in there and what I want to teach these Leave kids your footprint. exactly yeah, yeah, right totally. and then so eventually I was invited to speak on some panels and then Ooh. I did like a few workshops here and there about like you know just very basic you know gender identity sexual orientation stuff and like consent all that kind of stuff yeah how do, how do you think like participating in this advocacy like how has it changed you and, and what have you learned from it I think it changed me in the sense that I I really realized how many Im- people are impacted by the things that we don't really see every day. Can you can you be like specific? Like what do you mean? So there there are a lot of things. Um if if I go up to someone and then I'm like trans rights and then they're like <laughs> they're like what? They're like what? Oh like yes, they should be allowed to live and legal. Like and then yeah. I'm like okay, but there are so many things that goes into it like safety like trans people can't even use the washroom that they want to use right right, right? right. or like trans people uh suicide rate is like way up high right. hate crime is way up there mm-hmm. where does this all stem from it comes from systemic and institutionalized transphobia mm. right and where does that come from why did that happen so it really brought me like made me aware of like all these things that cause these things so you know, not only this taught me to be an advocate for, like, my community, I also really reach out and try to be as educated as I can about other marginalized communities. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, it's so, like, when I was when I was in school, I, I took a feminism course mm-hmm. just to, I don't know, just, like, whatever. I need right. to take courses. And then after I walked out of that class, I was like, I wish I didn't take it because I feel so depressed after. You know yeah. what I mean? It's that red pill, blue pill kind of thing, right? Totally. Like, I saw this meme. It was like, uh, I want to be socially aware but I also want to be happy. Right, right. right? It's like, right. You, you can't. This world is so fucked up. It's so fucked. Like. And I think we all need to do, like, our little bit to help make... So, so you know, my belief is that when you're born into the world, mm-hmm. you're at, like, neutral. You're at, like, zero. Blank slate. Every time you do something good, you get, like, bonus points. Every do- time you do something bad, you get your points deducted. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, when you die... If you are at a net positive, I think that means you've succeeded as a person. Okay, okay. That that really is my philosophy. And I spend so much of my time doing all this extra stuff is because I know there are a lot of people out there with negative points. <laughs> and, <laughs> trying to help them out. <laughs> and, you know, like, I, I know I have immense privilege being who I am. And I, you know, if I don't do this, like... Not a, pe- not a lot of people will. Not a lot of people are willing to educate themselves on this. Not a lot of people are willing to act on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I wanted to ask um, if you wanted to talk about, like, what what it's like dating in the queer community. Or... Oh, God. It's awful. Okay. Please <laughs> tell me. Like, like It's hard. Thank you. So... <laughs> Personally, I I only date Asians, and before all of you come at me telling me that it's reverse racism, <laughs> reverse racism doesn't exist. Okay, thank you very much. Case um, closed. I, I I think a lot of a lot of it is because I want someone who understands me totally. when I come home and I tell them about like you don't have to explain yourself. I don't have to explain myself, yeah. and and you know like I don't have to explain like why you have to take off your shoes in the house or whatever, right, like right. all that t- all that smaller stuff, mm-hmm. right? And 
can I tell a couple stories? You can tell every single story. Okay. I'm here for you. I've gone out with two white people. You've what? I've gone out with two white people. Okay, okay, yeah. The first white person, we dated for a month. He cheated on me. And after I broke up with him, he faked cancer so I would go back and take care of him. <laughs> he faked cancer? Yeah. Okay, what kind of cancer, though? That's important. Brain cancer. <laughs> Yeah. A straight savage he's brain like cancer? i ha- I have two months left to live and i have brain cancer, I have brain cancer. <laughs> and then i was like oh no I, I, it was really funny because during that time oh i was i was working at like a summer camp like a mm-hmm. very very christian summer camp mm-hmm. my boss was this like jamaican lady and like when like the next day i went to work and i was crying and then she's like what, what's going on and then i told her she got so you, it was. You told her like you, I, you, I told you were crying because of the brain cancer. Yes. <laughs> okay. And then it was around lunchtime, mm-hmm. so she got all the kids together, and then she's like, "Everyone, we're gonna pray for Carl's special friend. He's very sick." Oh no! I was like, "That's the cutest thing ever." <laughs> he told me he was gonna die in two months. It's been three and a half years. He's perfectly He's fine. Still... I just saw him last Saturday while I was clubbing <laughs> with his current boyfriend. So. Oh my god. Yeah, and the second white guy, I didn't date him, but we were seeing each other. He stayed over at my place. I physically, I don't do very well. Okay, so I woke up. I, I woke up in the middle of the night, and okay. then I was like, "Hey, oh, I was about to say his name, redacted." Okay, redacted. Hey, bleep. Hey, bleep. I think I'm having a heart attack. I need to go to the hospital. <laughs> he looks at me and he's like, "Oh." Do you want me to come with you? And being the polite Asian that I am, you're so polite, by the way. You're so <laughs> fucking polite. It's like obscene. I didn't. I didn't want to like bother anyone, right? So I was like, like no. I was like, no, it's okay. <laughs> I'll he, go to the hospital by myself. He looks at me and then he was like, okay, I'll see you in the morning, and went back to sleep. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I, I I don't know if this is cultural. I don't know. Like, I was gonna say like I don't think I don't know any Asian guy that would say like would be like do you need me to go with you they'd be like yeah. oh my god let let's, me drive let's you go to the hospital right now yeah it was funny because like oh it was like god. 3 3 a.m i called i called up a girlfriend and then i'll say hey i'm gonna come pick you up and then you're coming to the hospital with me <laughs> i get there and then she's like i don't think you should be driving if you're having a heart attack right yeah right. so she drove me <laughs> oh my god was please tell me that was like one of the last times you saw him uh, I saw him for work. Okay. Last year, but it was mm-hmm. it, it was okay. But, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, that's so weird. Like to be honest, I don't have a lot of experience like uh, dating white guys. I've like right. kind of like casually gone out with one white guy, and he was so clingy. Right. So I have obviously no... a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I don't like white guys. But I think it was just maybe it was just that one white guy. And, and it's really interesting because I'm always like, oh, I hate white people. I hate white people. And people are like. <laughs> You're being racist. You can't mm-hmm. say that, and, and it's really frustrating because I think like it's twenty, it's twenty twenty now. It's totally twenty twenty. Like the 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 barriers to access information is so fucking low, and <laughs> that's you literally have no excuse not to be educated. Exactly. Yeah. And then when I'm like, you should know that when I say I hate white people, I don't mean physically the white people. Exactly. I'm talking about the concept of whiteness. I'm talking about like. The, the privilege colonization it, of colonization yeah, yes exactly. yes that's that's also why i can't sleep with white people because i'm like i don't want them to colonize my body <laughs> they already have my brain <laughs> exactly. i'm gonna keep my body for myself yeah oh my gosh yeah that's 
<laughs> it's not great. That's so funny. So so what is the, so you've mostly only dated like Asian guys then after? Oh right. Sorry. Go back. Going back yeah. to your original question. Um, let me tell you right now. It's very incestuous. Okay, tell me. I want to know. Everyone has slept with everyone. So that's kind of a stereotype that straight people have about, like, the LGBTQ community is, like, right. it's very incestuous. Everyone that y- you meet, there is, like, no more than two degrees of separation. Oh, no. Everyone knows that. everyone. It's it's really hard to... I'm always surprised when I meet a queer Asian person in Vancouver that I, I've never met before. Oh. <laughs> right. It's it, it, It's just because the space is so small and... Another thing that's really might be unique to Vancouver. I don't know. Okay. I, I had a friend that visited from Australia and he was really excited. He's like, oh, I'm so excited to. I was going to do an Australian accent, but I don't know. How. <laughs> oh, but, I might. But he was like, oh, I'm super excited to meet the community here and all that kind of stuff. And what he told me, he was really like disheartened. He said the, the, the Gaijins here are really clicky and there's so much drama. There's no cohesion whatsoever. And he said it's not like that at all in Australia. Oh. And I think it's because we took two very different approaches. In Australia, people are like, oh, we're discriminated against. We're double whammy, Asian and queer, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. Like, we need to bond together, be stronger than ever, and uplift each other as a community. Whereas here in Vancouver, I think it's a lot of, (laughs) we're queer and Asian, we face so much discrimination, I need to keep my people close together. We need to be a unit and right. fuck everyone else. Unless I want to <laughs> physically fuck them. Right. In which yeah. case I will. <laughs> <laughs> With consent. With consent. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. Probably. So I guess in Vancouver, it's it's so... Compact. Compact. Small. And small. Incestuous. Yeah. But And in Australia, it's not like that. Is it because they have like... Oh, oh, I don't know if it's incestuous in Australia. I I just know that their community is supportive. Oh. You know, I think it might be a Vancouver thing only because I feel like Vancouver rights in general are like assholes and we're so clicky. Very flaky. Oh my God. Flake City. Flake City. I think we should just change the name to Flake (laughs) Hoover. Like it is honestly the fucking worst like i've talked to so many foreigners who have come here and like they now live here and that's one thing they say repeatedly is like you guys don't have any integrity you guys flake all the time you got like and i was just like you're not wrong (laughs) yeah yeah it's like i think i myself am okay wait let me make it clear Mm -hmm. i'm not flaky i just have commitment issues (laughs) (laughs) me too shoes are out of control but yeah it is totally like a flaky thing in vancouver and i hate it it's the worst so so within like the gaijin community i'm guessing it must be pretty big here because we have such a large asian population yes i i I wouldn't be able to tell you the number but yeah it it feels small when you know everyone oh that's true Yeah. yeah is it like weird when you like it uh, is it weird if you like date well i guess because you know everyone and everyone kind of like um hooks up with each other in a sense is right. is it weird if it's like hey i'm hooking up with this person but i also hooked up with like his ex or something is it is, is that that that's where the drama starts you know oh, people okay. are like oh, he did this even though like you know like he we knows that thing. he knows that i have a feeling for this person oh. right but then he slept with his brother and then like you know like it it <laughs> 
it, it's really weird. It's very immature. It's mm. very adolescent, right. all, I, I guess. But, you know, and part of me, I don't blame that. I don't blame it on them because we were, I'm going to tell you right now, being able to date in high school is a privilege. What, what do you mean by that? Can you because elaborate? you can hold hands with your partner. Nobody's going to make fun of you. Nobody's going to, like, call you names. Or, you not not because... <laughs> 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 it, it's a privilege because you are allowed to exist, basically, without any... Without being reprimanded of, like, you know, your just your, your identity and your existence. There is no way in hell I would have held hands with someone in high school or, like gotten like really intimate everyone's gonna like jump around and be like oh you're fucking gay like yeah wait so when you say being able to date in high school you mean like now like in 2020 2020 less so but like when i went through high school okay right okay because and and because of that like a lot of us like closeted the emotion pun intended Mm -hmm. where you know just didn't have any ability or like space to explore those feelings explore doing that so 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 that you have to release it somehow right Mm -hmm. like all that curiosity and once once you once you hit university like you move out or whatever when you can start driving you suddenly have all this autonomy right like all at once all at once and then like all those like desires you can fulfill them Mm-hmm. Right? It's like suddenly throwing a kid in a candy store and give them like $500,000. <laughs> it's like, what What do you I do with... I want all of it. You want all of it. What mm-hmm. do you do with this like sudden power and like, you know, ability to, to do things that you couldn't before, that you desired, mm-hmm. right? So I, I think that's why, you know, there's that perception of the queer community. Like, obviously it's a stereotype. Like, there are fuck, like people... <sighs> there are people... <laughs> 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 obviously it's a stereotype like there are like straight guys out there who like fuck anything that fogs up a mirror That's right like true yeah yeah so fogs up the- does it have a pulse <laughs> <laughs> but i think i think you you know like stereotype blanket statements are harmful but like there is some truth in them but i think it's really important to examine why that phenomenon exactly. is the way that it is exactly. right instead of just like making fun of it oh mm-hmm. queer people are promiscuous why why is that perception happening why did that happen i never thought about that when just when you explained it to me i never thought about it as like like yeah in high school you're not allowed to express yourself and your sexuality and stuff like that so that's why later on in life when you feel comfortable and you are open to do it it just it's floodgates are open exactly that totally that makes so much more sense actually yeah so you told me actually that you are one of the creators of a little Facebook group. Just a little thing that I have. Just a little thing thing <laughs> called Subtle Asian Networking. Yes. Yeah, so that that's so crazy because I feel like that's quite a big group. Yes, we are at almost 40,000 members. That's a crazy high number. Yeah. Like, so much. Yeah, so I started with a friend in uh, November of 2018. Mm-hmm. I'm really, really, really proud of the work that we have uh, accomplished since then mm-hmm. um so subtle asian networking on facebook is a group where we focus on professional career development okay so 
people can come on and ask for advice like how do I negotiate for a higher salary mm-hmm. like what do I do in this situation or people can post jobs you know like oh I'm hiring for this at this city or whatever and it, it, it it's a space where we we can really just uh, so obviously you know what the the glass ceiling is right like for women in like the industries and whatever there's a ceiling where they can't like go over and there's this term it was coined by some famous asian person a while ago (laughs) not very helpful but it's called the bamboo ceiling oh i think i've heard of this but can you explain it to me yeah so it's basically talking about a lot of the barriers that asian people face uh when in a professional setting right like statistically statistically speaking asian men make the most money right to their like so that's that's a stat that a lot of people cling on to when we're like oh like we're oppressed or marginalized or whatever whatever (laughs) they're like well actually you make the most money but i i think that it's very inaccurate data because when you say asian most people just mean East Asian people. That's true. Right? That is definitely true. Yeah. They, they don't look into the the components to it. And South Asian and Southeast Asian folks are so often erased from statistics like that. Yep. And I think also, I think another big part of the success of, I'm just going to call them East Asian people, is the model minority myth mm-hmm. that was created by white people to further oppress black people by lifting up asian people they say oh these people are also immigrants they also like came from nothing but they can succeed so all you have to do is work hard right where that's absolutely not true for a lot of the cases Mm -hmm. you know circumstantially and situationally it's just not possible right so i always urge people when they bring that stat up with me i'm like really look into it what does it really mean what implications does that have about you know like our poc counterparts like what Mm -hmm. what does that mean and my my thing is always be like what can we do about it how can we help them Mm -hmm. so i subtle asian networking i also use that as a platform because you know a lot of us talk about like microaggression that we face in the workplace and whatnot and people are like oh someone mixed up my name with like the other asian intern oh right right right, right. yeah i'm like yes so what i do is i'm like yes that feeling it fucking sucks Mm -hmm. right apply it to different places apply it what do you mean apply it like like apply it like it it sucks it sucks where people are making these kind of comments against asian people right how do you think disabled people feel how do you think people who are neurodivergent feel how do you think women feel how do you think trans people feel how do you think gay people feel like all that kind of stuff right Mm -hmm. so i i love i love doing that like getting people to think about it and not just think for ourselves think for other people in our community because asian people like in a sense we're white adjacent we have we enjoy all this privilege and that's what i mean like use this privilege and it doesn't mean that you're not facing anything difficult in your life but look at other people who have more marginalized identities and right. how you can support them. Yeah, no, totally. I think it, it comes down to like, like, look at the big picture, like, look at the whole picture. Like, you might feel like this one incident or instance feels like, oh, so shitty and terrible. But then, yeah. like, look at other people that have to deal with this like a 100 times a day or all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like it's so funny when I talk to um, it. Oh, 
you know, like Coquitlam. <laughs> I wish I didn't, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Okay. So I feel like Coquitlam is a very unique and insulated little city, right? And, yeah. And like the, the Asians that I meet from in, in Coquitlam, I feel like they don't really understand what it's like to be Asian, like in East Vancouver or to be Asian in like right. Langley or something because they, they're they so insulated and they're like yeah well I went to high school and 50% of the people in my school were white and right. 50% are Asian and they were cool and I was like so they just assume like all white people are cool or, or like everyone's oh, gonna treat them like that honey. and I was just like dude it is not it get is, out of that bubble dude it's such a bubble and then I literally sometimes have to explain to my friends like poor people exist <laughs> like it's like it's like insane to me that i have to be like because they'll be like oh because they would like because i i don't like i i don't make a lot of money mm-hmm. right um but and like i pay rent and like i basically live paycheck to paycheck right right but i still say like oh i have so much money compared to you know someone who, who literally has yeah. no money like poor, poor people exist yeah and i have to explain that to to some asian people that are just like wow i don't get it and then like there was one time where my friend was telling me how her friend her her friend's family is struggling because they just bought a mercedes-benz and i'm like listen <laughs> that is honey that is not your your friend is not struggling like yeah. she's like no but she, she tells me they're struggling and i'm like Man, like the fact that I even have to like explain this yeah. to you, like someone who just bought a BMW, yeah, like that. No, some people don't have food. Exactly. Think about that. Or some people, right? Besides food, it's like some people can't even, like they literally, like their safety is always at risk. They they yeah. can't even relax for one second, right? Whereas yeah. like there's, uh, yeah, it's just crazy. Definitely. Yeah. How how I describe privilege is that like you can you can see forward but you can't see backwards yeah so we're, that's such a good way to put it i've never yeah, thought of it you can that way. look forward and see the people in front of you Ooh. and you can see what they have what they possess but yep. then you don't look backwards there exactly. are more people behind exactly. you that don't have what you have mm-hmm. and then they just like forget that they even exist yeah. at all or something exactly it's, like, totally crazy uh, i wanted to ask like uh why subtle asian networking and how is like Asian networking different from like other networking or other races of networking would you say I think Asians currently in this political climate is a fucking mess (laughs) what do you mean by that we I don't think we have anything figured out I I think Mm -hmm. we disagree on so many things and obviously I'm not saying that everyone needs to agree on the same things but like there's just such a I, I don't even know how to describe it, right? We're we're not we're not a monolith. Like I I get that. Oh, we like <laughs> oh, there's so much. Um, what's the word like? There's so much. Yeah, what's the, another word for disagreement? Like there's so much divide and divide within the Asian community. Definitely, like, it's intense. And I I think we need to figure out our own shit first. Mm-hmm. That's why the group was created in in my mind at least i don't Mm. know about my co-founder but like to me it was like we need to organize ourselves like our our troops we need to like know our formation we need to know what the fuck is going on we need to know how many people we have we know who our enemy is (laughs) right and not to sound combative not like we Mm. need to fight someone but like we need to fight something Right. Right. In my case, it's like systemic inequality, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. people, but there are people out there who honestly think the enemy is like 
dark skinned Asian people. Right. Or right. like black people, brown people. Asian. Okay. One thing I want to say is like, I feel like, um, yeah, because I obviously care a lot about Asian issues because I am Asian. Oh, really? Um, yeah. <laughs> right. Shocker. But I, f- I find that Asian people are like very racist. Yes. Why are we so racist? Like, it's crazy. I feel, uh, I don't, I don't know. Like, I just feel like Asians will, like, if someone does something, like if a white person is like does something to an Asian person, there's like a huge Asian like uprising. But if a white person does something to a black person, like Asians like would not even bat a lash. That's what I find like in general. Yeah, I think I think a, a big part of it stems from how homogenous Asian countries are. Mm-hmm. The most homogenous being uh, Japan, and the second being Korea. Korea. Yeah. Right. Totally. And I I think it, it's just so. You, you know, like people don't understand these issues. So, for example, uh, Ghost in the Shell. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. the movie with Scarlett right? Johansson. Yeah, Scar Joe, our Scar favorite. Scar Joe, yeah. When that whole thing happened, like people here were like making a fucking, like justifiably they were angry about it. Mm-hmm. And then there are some people that are fucking like, we talk to people in Japan, they're not angry about this at all. <laughs> and then I'm like. Yeah, because it doesn't affect them. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Right? Like, talk to the people who it actually affects. Asian Americans or, mm-hmm. like, Asian North Americans, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's... It, does, it doesn't even make sense to me, like, why people are doing that, right? Yeah. Like, I... So, but because of that, like, we have to explore why it doesn't affect, like, the people in Asia. Totally. Right? Yeah. And I think that's the reason we're so racist, because they band together so much. You know, like, I've, I've, heard, I've, I've heard stories of, like, black folks who go to Asia, and people are just, like, touching their hair. Or, like, taking Tol- photos with yeah, them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not <laughs> respecting them at all. Like, really objectifying like, them. Like, and they're, like, a zoo They're a spectacle. Yeah. Right? And... I think because of all of that, because they're like, oh, this is like some something different from us. Right. Obviously not ill intention. I right. think we all know that. Of course. But like the inability to understand why that's not appropriate. And I think that really that set of mentality translates over to when something bad happens to like different people of color. Mm-hmm. Oh, not really our thing. We don't want to rock the boat. We're Asians. Like we are the model minorities. Like right. we just sit here and like we're behaving well. Oh, someone's coming after someone in our own community. That is fucking ludicrous. Mm-hmm. I think that's a mentality that is being held. Oh, it's like very tribal. Yeah. Like a very tribal esque mentality. And so, um oh, what have you observed about the subtle Asian uh, community as a mod like you've you've opened it like you you started the group in 2018 so it's been like like two years like almost two years a year and a bit yeah yeah um i'm sure you've seen a lot of stuff and i'm sure there's been like in group drama and stuff like that like well, what have you seen what i've seen is a lot of uh immaturity i, I don't <laughs> I don't know what to call it. Um, I modded for other... There there was one uh, queer Asian group that I was also admin for. Okay. Um, and it's really interesting to see... Be, 
I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. You just say whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, like I'm 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 friends I'm friends with a lot of other uh, group mods, so like Asian Creative Networks, so Asian Cooking, oh, yeah. so Asian yeah. Product Management, like those those kind of folks. Like cool. I talk I talk to them sometimes and like mm-hmm. really try to see you know like how we can like all make our groups better. And I just see that Asians they they want to find something to bring them together yes right yes so i say subtle asian traits is very much like black twitter in the sense that it brought community together i like that analogy yeah right but what happens is they just want to be together and they don't like being corrected they don't like knowing that they're wrong and i think that's the human nature a big part of it everyone wants to be right for example i'm Ooh, people are gonna hate me for this. Ooh. Aquafina. Ooh, what's your opinion? I, I, I'm not gonna say whether or not I think she's talented. I haven't seen enough of her work to actually mm-hmm. comment on. I'm that. gonna comment and say she's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but what troubles me is, you know, her appropriation of black black culture. Pe- black culture. Yeah. Her career is built on stepping on the backs of black people. Mm-hmm. And the inability to recognize, the unwillingness actually to recognize that, or and find credit, and finding excuses yeah. like, oh, she grew up in Queens, the area that she grew up in. Did Queens, she grow up in Flushing? Flushing, I, Flushing's the Chinatown of Queens. I don't remember what it was called, but okay. I, I actually looked it up. Mm-hmm. I think it was a two to three percent po- black population. Oh, so like. You yeah. know, like Come don't on. don't use Girl, that as please. an excuse. And you know, every time I voice that opinion, people are like, "Oh, just like let us celebrate things." Where are you such a downer? Where are you? What? I'm like, no, we're coming together. We can't just blindly like be happy, pretend everything's okay. Right. We need to recognize that there are issues. Mm-hmm. We need to recognize that we need to be better, mm-hmm. right? And I- I'm not always that person. I'm not always like, well, actually, like this is problematic. <laughs> like. Yeah, yeah. I'm not always that person, but like I notice that whenever I do do that, people get very defensive, even though it's mm. not about them. And you know, part of it does have to come with like uh, lack of representation. People are like, "I'm oh, so yeah. rarely represented," and now you're bashing on like the one person we have, right. right? But then I'm like, "Do you fucking realize how lucky you are that like representation is like one of your main issues?" Like, right. like right. oh, like like what about people who? get shot for like walking down the street like with you know like those problems i would say in my humble opinion is Mm -hmm. considerably larger yeah than whatever than like not seeing yourself on tv which is very important i completely recognize that but like really look at the situation and assess it Mm -hmm. right like and just don't blindly follow and like will be willfully ignorant yeah, yeah that's that's troubling for me yeah actually i have a really good friend who was born and raised in queens new york asian mm-hmm. girl she does not sound nothing like aquafina yeah <laughs> she sounds nothing like her so i don't think being from queens is like necessarily an excuse and especially right. if what you said like her growing out of town that was like two to three percent black like yeah. really that is like yeah yeah and obviously like you know i i cast judgment here but i also recognize that like I don't know Aquafina. Mm-hmm, We've never mm-hmm. had a pers- person, to, like one-on-one conversation. We've right. never like talked yeah. about this personally, yeah. but like you know, there has been enough evidence for me to like make an educated 
assumption Assumption? (laughs) like and I recognize that it's an assumption but Mm -hmm. knowing that you know there there's something wrong here yeah like like there's something missing yeah in that aspect totally yeah yeah Carl, thank you so much for coming on the oh show. Oh my god, you're very welcome. Oh Thanks god. so much for having thank me. Thank you for like educating me and like teaching me. And because I, I do like I know conversations like this like can get like uncomfortable, you know, especially people that um, they're in their little bubble and they're so insulated. And you know, the, like what you said about privilege is like you only see the like in, what's in front of you. You don't recognize that there's a ton of people behind you. It's yeah. kind of like that movie, like Snowpiercer. Have you seen it? I haven't. I really want oh, to. Oh yeah, yeah, but it's basically like a train and then all the yeah. rich people are in the first train and oh. the first car and all like the not rich the people. leftovers i guess yeah. you would call them are all, yeah the peasants yeah. on the back and they literally are eating like ground up like bug jelly oh. whereas people in the front are eating like then you should watch it it's okay. fucking great i love it i love it did you watch parasite though by the I way did. I'm like, oh, so good. <laughs> i watched it twice in theaters Me too. i wrote a paper about <laughs> Wait, can we just talk about Parasite? Oh my God. <laughs> I like, I love. Okay, um, the same director did Snowpiercer. Yes, yeah. Yes. So, so you would like it. Yeah. But um, oh my God, I, I don't even, I don't even know what to say about pa- Parasite. It was amazing. It was amazing. There's so much like, and and I, I caught so many like um symbolism and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But also, I want to recognize the fact that like I'm not even Korean. There has to be more shit in there that I didn't catch. Mm, so actually, I um. What is it? I lived in Korea for two years. Okay. Yeah. So I think Koreans are like really good at cinema. Did you see what the director say when he got the award? He's like, if you can get over that, that like, one, one inch, inch of like subtitles, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll, like open your eyes to like an yeah. entire world. Such yeah. a shout out, such a people. such a savage. Yeah. Yeah, but totally, I, love it. I, w- I would be a savage if yeah. I was him. Like I just ugh. no, but you know the the scene where the son is like talking to the dad yeah. and like teaching the dad the dialogue to say to the the rich yes. mom. So I think the irony there is like the son is like a new up and coming actor, and the dad is like this like Leonardo DiCaprio oh veteran actor. So that's like a huge irony, like uh, if for Koreans watching it. Oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, but but in general, I feel like it's pretty. I feel like you don't have to be Korean. Like I'm not Korean, but right. to to kind of most of it. Yeah, like for example, classism, right? Like oh my gosh. the the stairs. That's a really good indication. They use like stairs so much. The cinematography, the movie. amazing, oh, right? So like when beautiful. you go into the house like you walk yeah. up the stairs like mm-hmm. so grand and all that kind of stuff and when they escape the house like they have to walk down that huge thing of stairs back to their place like the, yeah in like, the rain exactly yeah that like divide the, the rich people literally live on a hill and they live yeah. like in a basement that just like yeah. gets flooded and, exactly. pi- and literally pissed on in the beginning of the movie yeah right oh my god i don't know i just i'm not like i wish i was a film student so i can say more about it but it was <laughs> it was so good it was I, so good i like Oh, yeah, I watched it twice in theaters. I watched it again illegally on my computer. <laughs> it's so, yeah, it's so amazing. If anyone hasn't watched Parasite, like, what the fuck Watch are you it. doing? Yeah. D- go. Go. Right now. Right Drop now. everything you're right doing. Now. Yeah, yeah, get off the toilet and go watch it. Uh, but please watch Snowpiercer. Like, I will. Uh, also, Chris, Chris Evans. He's my, he might be my number one. He's also white. Just saying. I know. He's... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, he's yeah, he's my he's my favorite. Okay. Oh, thank you, Carl, so much. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Pass the Poutine, and I'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Pass, 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 pass the poutine.